Open fire. Now that I have your attention. Welcome to the Chase Ascendancy Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Chiss Ascendancy Podcast. This is Josiah. You guys know me, but we also have a guest with us today. Uh, and this is my buddy from Instagram. Uh, it's kind of crazy how social media like creates all these relationships you never would have met uh, otherwise. But I'm going to let uh, my dude introduce himself. And then we are going to review and talk through episode two of the book of Boba Fett. How's it going, dude? Good, man. Good. How are you? I'm doing good. I've been waiting. Uh, you know, it's kind of I want to avoid spoilers for the first like day or two or whatever. But yeah, I've been chomping at the bit to talk about this. So uh, tell the there's so we've got YouTube. So we've got people who are watching, but we've also got just audio. So uh, if you could let everybody know uh, who you are and just kind of, uh, I guess, how we know each other and plug all your info, dude. Sure, sure. So my name is Brody. Um, I run a page on Instagram called Officially Star Wars. Um just make all, all kinds of content. Um, been doing it for quite a few years now. I know we've been following each other for quite some time. I mean, yeah, I definitely kind of lose track at this point. It's been, um, you know, years, <laughs> right? So, no. So, I mean, I, you know, I've watched the star Wars fandom and the community grow over the past, however long it's been like six or seven years since Disney bought, uh, you know, star Wars, and it's been awesome. It's it's awesome to, you know, get to create content and connect with other fans. Um, that's definitely my favorite part of it. It's always been, you know, connecting with new people like yourself. Um, I've made some great friends and gotten a lot of great opportunities just from people that you meet online, like you said. So, right. Um, it's I really think, cool. I think uh, Star Wars fans and community gets a bad rap because there are that handful of, you know, I guess the word is toxic people who just like hate everything. And no matter how good something is, they have something bad to say. But uh, I think that when it's kind of like the news, like bad news sells more than good news. Right. So exactly. The news is always going to be negative. So I feel like uh, I feel like with the Star Wars community, there is that negative side, but there's so much positive as well. Um, and I think you have a you have a podcast as well, correct? Uh, yeah, I, I haven't done an episode for quite some time. It's called the Civil Man Podcast. Um, Shout out I, to Jingo uh, Fett. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, um, it's nothing too serious. I usually would just go on there and, you know, talk talk my stuff and uh, call it a week. But, I, you know, I, uh, I need to get back into it. So, um, maybe this will help me uh, get back into that rhythm. <laughs> just get those creative juices flowing. Yeah, but yeah, you have sure. you have tons of regular posts on Instagram too, so it's it's kind of tough. I know for like for myself, um, we started following each other because of my Star Wars uh, photography page, yeah. which is Fet Ventures, and uh, um, I've had some other things happen in life. Like I live in Texas, and we had a hard freeze earlier this year, and I had to put a bunch of my stuff in storage while we we're doing renovations to the house. But um, the podcast, it's kind of like I feel like when you're being extra creative in one area for like your, like I was thinking earlier today, I saw one of your facts posts came up and I was like, dude, how does this guy keep track of this is like the 628th fact that he's posted on his page. Uh, but when you're putting so much energy into one area, 
it is really like you have to on purpose make an effort to continue to be creative in other areas. So I feel like the podcast takes so much of my energy that sometimes it's it's not as easy as it used to be to do photography stuff. So that totally makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I think I think a lot of it has to do with, you know, I, I've been posting behind the veil of officially Star Wars for so long that sometimes when I have to sort of step out and be like the center of the focus of the content mm. rather than Star Wars is the, the focus. Yeah. I just tend to think people, I just tend to think people want, you know, why would they listen or, you know, yeah. I, I, I definitely struggle in that, in that sense, but no, I, the podcast, even, you know, in the few um, episodes I did, it was so much fun. And like, you really get to see, or, or you get to connect a little bit further with people because you're like going in the in depth and you're actually speaking rather than like typing stuff out. Right. I noticed that so much gets like lost in translation mm-hmm. when you're speaking in comment sections on Instagram and stuff like people just don't hear your tone of voice and your sarcasm and everything like that. And yeah, it just, it's just not a good environment to talk to somebody you don't know because right. you, you, you have to have that like connection to, to understand each other over text. So I don't know. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. So, I mean, that I know of, you're one of the biggest star Wars pages that's not run by like an official, you know, entity. So how did you, how did you find so much success growing your, your Instagram following and stuff? Oh, well, I appreciate that. <laughs> but um, there's definitely, there's definitely some bigger ones, but um, I think what helped us is just being like early on, like when I first yeah. started, it was like 2015 and there was. So you, you really know, got 10, on board, like while the iron was hot. Yeah. There was like 10 other big pages at that time. And like, you know, starting from zero, I, I used giveaways a lot to like, you know, mm. help me grow. That was like a, you know, a little bit more of a popular thing. Like I remember right away I was doing giveaways like from a thousand followers or something. And I think that really helped at the beginning. Um, yeah. But honestly, just being like consistent and just posting content every day. Like I, I think from 2015 to probably 20, like 18 or 19 dude i did not miss a day of posting like holy cow and were you were you scheduling them ahead or like did you have like hootsuite or anything like that or were you just like on the grind no dude i was just on the grind like i am so bad at creating content ahead of time and like i would be at work like on the fly (laughs) just on my phone making it now i have a little bit better of a setup to where i can do things on the computer and everything like that but i just be making it on my phone real quick and yeah yeah it was it was definitely a lot but i was so i i've lost a lot of motivation in in those years you know i mean yeah i think it just comes with doing something for so long but um I was so like motivated and into it, you know? And yeah. Do you, it, do you feel like you had, when you started out, did you have a goal of like, Hey, eventually Lucasfilm's going to notice me or like did anything like that? No, 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 not in the sense that Lucasfilm would notice me. Um, I've definitely like had way more opportunities and done some things that like I never would have done without my star Wars page for sure. Yeah. But I, I was definitely just more of like, at first I just wanted to like back in 2015, like star Wars wasn't in every store that you walked in. It wasn't talked about on social media, you know, at all really. Yeah. So it was like, it was still in that time where it wasn't like cool per se. 
And yeah, I, just I feel like, like whenever if you wanted to talk about Star Wars and someone responded, you were talking to a Star Wars fan versus just a rando. Right, exactly. And like and definitely before that point, I mean, there was a point in my life where Star Wars became on like a little bit of the back burner to sports and other things, like probably from like 12 to 17 or so. Mm. You know, like I they they weren't coming out with stuff and you know, I was getting older and that sort of thing, but as right. soon as they announced, um, you know, Disney was buying it and the Force Awakens like teaser trailers came out. Oh man, I was <laughs> through the through the roof excited and yeah, um, yeah, I just wanted to connect with other fans and that was like the, where I you know thought to start was Instagram and I just never never stopped honestly. So it's definitely a testament to that idea that if you stay consistent to something, it'll it'll pay off. Um, but at the same time, it's not as, you know, glorious as you'd think it would be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, uh, it's definitely, I mean, dude, I'm, I'm telling you, if there's, it, it's changed my life in all, so many ways, but um, I still want more out of it. So this year, you know, new year, new page, we're, yeah. we're going to do some good stuff this year. I'm excited because there's guys like Star Wars Theory out there, bro, who, I mean, he's, do- he's doing this full time. He's doing this. Yeah. This is his job, you know? Yeah. And it's crazy. It's- Cause we're so obviously the chess is an NC me and you, you know, me cause of Fet ventures. Right. But, uh, so we've known each other for, like you said, man, it's crazy to say it now, but coming up on like six or seven years, yeah. um, which I don't know how old you are. I'm 28. So seven years for me, even though it's like seven years when you're 17 feels like your whole life. But even yeah. at 28, I'm like, dang, that's like, you know, 25% of my time on earth. But um, it's interesting because, uh, we're such a small page still like the, the podcast itself. And, uh, I remember just jokingly, like putting stuff out there, uh, where I had talked about Darth Vader and Boba Fett's first interaction. It was in this comic, Boba Fett, enemy of the empire. And literally like a day later, theory put something out about that comic. And I was like, oh, that's weird. And then. I put out something. I don't remember what the other thing was about, but then he put out something that was, I put out something about Boba Fett's black armor. And then he put something out about Boba Fett's black armor. And I was like, so chances are the guy's a super fan. He's putting out stuff all the time about Boba Fett because it's popular. And I was like, what if he's one of our 15 views a week? That's that's catching on. I, I definitely think that he's doing his own stuff, but it's cool to see that. Like we have similar ideas. Uh, I think something that's difficult for me is I guess I don't really have aspirations for this to pay money. Like I have a great job um, and I I love doing what I get to do. So it's, I'm not like unhappy and I'm like, all right, Star Wars, pay the bills. Like that's not how I feel, but I would love to see, like I would love to have other opportunities because of the podcast or whatever. And it feels weird whenever people will like listen and be like, man, this channel should have more followers. I don't know how to say stuff like, I agree. You know, like, what do I say? (laughs) Thank you, I guess. But um it's pretty cool to see like guys like yourself or obviously guys like uh alex from star wars explained or someone like star wars theory really get to grow and like um star wars like really like making a way like for their life that's super dope because um i can remember being in like even in elementary school when star wars was still hitting theaters mm-hmm. being like well, you're gonna go see star wars and i was like yeah and it it wasn't like it wasn't just everybody had a Star Wars t-shirt from every Dude, store in the world you know, back then. People don't understand. Like, 
I I talk to my coworkers about Star Wars now. Like, yeah, I, and it still I doesn't make never sense. Never would have done that. Like, I remember early on, I was working uh, probably in 2016 or so, like pretty early on, and you know, it coming back. Right. And I remember people at work like either mentioning Star Wars, and I would get so nervous to talk to Star to talk about Star Wars with somebody that I like didn't know. Yeah. Because I was such a nerd about it, and I didn't want to like you know, seem too nerdy or too like, yeah. cool or whatever. Like it was just weird for me to talk to star Wars or talk about star Wars with somebody else, you know, like it was yeah, such yeah, a yeah. Just internal thing that I just kept to myself and didn't, you know, talk to my friends about it. Cause they were all athletes and that sort of thing. Like, yeah, just, like, we didn't talk about star Wars growing up, you know, yeah, like, it, it was, it was weird because uh, I remember, you know, when Star Wars first came back to prominence, like you said, 2014, 2015, and the trailer coming out. And I remember being in school, like in college, and the Force Awakens teaser came out, the one where Han and Chewie run up on the ramp and, and yeah. Han says, you know, Chewie, we're home. And yeah. like, I remember me and my one other Star Wars friend in college being like, Zach, come over here. And we were watching it and everybody else was like, what's the big deal? And then when the book of Boba Fett trailer came out, I'm now like, the director of this small Bible school that I went to years ago and uh, all of my students are like, Hey, pastor Joe, did you see that trailer? And it's still like, <laughs> it still gets to me. Cause I'm like, I can't tell if you guys are patronizing me or if you're actually interested. I know. Right. When, the, when somebody kids, asks you about star Wars, it feels I know. Like patronizing you, but they're like, they're actually interested. It's weird. It was, it was weird really feeling. wild because, uh, so long story short, uh, you know, we had this Christmas production or whatever, and it usually do something like more silly or fun for Christmas time. And my pastor was like, Hey, would you want to be in charge of it this year? And, uh, so we did a star Wars Christmas play. And then we like, at the end of it, broke it down. Like, okay, obviously this the real story is this whole story of Christmas and all these other things. Right. And anyways, I was telling, you know, these, these students like, okay, you're a shepherd, but for the, for the play's sake, for star Wars sake, you're going to be a Jawa. And, uh, these kids in these, this school is like, what's a Jawa? And I was like, ah, you got to go back and you got to watch the movies. So I said that jokingly, but then all the guys in the whole guy's dorm were like, all right, one movie a night, we're going to make our way through all nine films. And then the Mandalorian getting ready for this play. And they did it like to spite me, like as a joke. And then yeah. they came in after like episode two, episode three. And they're like, Hey, so how caught up do I need to be before the book of Boba Fett comes out? And I was like, <laughs> I was like, you're going to have to crank them out because you got two seasons of the Mandalorian. And uh, it was just cool. Cause they were like telling me like, bro, I can't believe Boba Fett's your favorite character and he's dead. And, and I was like, I know it sucks, man. Like just holding my glee inside. Cause they hadn't seen the Mandalorian yet. Yeah. Uh, so that was just super dope, but uh, well, cool, man. I'm so grateful that you got to be on the show. I know we'd been planning it out for a couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, so we'll go ahead and dive into this review, uh, seeing as it's going to come out either late Friday or early Saturday, I don't really see a need to stay away from factoids. Like yeah. if people are tuning in, they, they see the title of the episode and all that stuff. So let me get, uh, so here's how we usually do it is we have five main things. And the first one is just, uh, what were our overall thoughts on the episode? And then mm -hmm. we'll get into a standout moment. Uh, new characters rating the episode and then we'll finish off the show with what do we assume is next and we can get as honest as we think it's going to be or we can speculate as crazy as you want to go okay. um so what were your thoughts coming into or coming away from chapter two of the book of boba fett well something that i thought was interesting was when i first watched it because of the like um 
the negative sort of negative review the first episode got I, I immediately when I watched it, I was like oh people are gonna not like this one like I really I thought, yeah I thought like the general audience was not gonna like it I don't know something about like the details of it and it was very unique and like mm-hmm. I, I don't know I but right away I was, saw that I was wrong and like everybody loved it and I was mm-hmm. like oh wow and I watched it again and I was like wow yeah that was really really good and it feels like a, the ending of a movie sort of like it feels like a sort of a complete story on its own yeah just between episodes one and two it was yeah. like okay cool that's a movie basically right and like it almost feels like it's it almost feels like it's over and like I, I would be satisfied if this was it I'd be satisfied with that story so I mean like yeah that's a really good know. point that's yeah. a, that says a lot about just like uh because think imagine like I was thinking about how grand the first episode of Mandalorian season two was with mm-hmm. Cobb Vanth and the crate dragon and stuff like that but then episode two with the ice spiders and stuff was cool but was definitely kind of like a change of pace for season mm-hmm. two and uh and same thing for episodes one and two of the first season of Mandalorian like the first one felt one way and then the second one felt another way for a lot of, of fans and viewers and it was really cool I agree I saw it and I was like wow that was really sick but I'm so used to this is sad but I'm so used to going online and immediately being like oh I guess I'm just I guess I have a terrible opinion and everything sucks <laughs> uh so it was cool to go online and, and everybody's messaging me like bro did you see that please let me know yeah. when you've seen it yeah, uh, that's my favorite message is please let me know when you've seen it because I can tell that they loved it. And it was crazy because this episode was like 52 minutes long or something. Yeah, and long. and like 15 minutes in, um, you've already gotten so many things that I'm like, hang on, I just need a break after these first 15 minutes just to yeah. digest what the freak I just saw. Yeah. Uh, and I thought that, you know, there's a couple of people I think that um, I think it was Alex from Star Wars Explained was reviewing the first episode and he was saying, um, he liked the flashbacks, but he felt like the flashbacks detracted from the current timeline and he didn't want to see more flashbacks. And I remember sitting there being like, I hate to be the guy that's like instant argue, but I would prefer a show of just flashbacks. And then maybe yeah. season two, we catch up with where he's at now, but I loved, I'm a, I'm a huge Tuscan fanboy, And, uh, so the fact that they're getting so much love and I feel like they got so much development just in this one episode more than we've ever seen them get before. I know. I know the, the fact that Tuscan Raiders have been in star Wars since the, you know, beginning, um, right. First movie, they've always been, you know, in a cheesy way to say it, a part of my life, you know, Tuscan Raiders, I've always liked them and they've always been a part of star Wars, you know, but the fact that, at 25 now, after knowing about Tuscan Raiders my entire life, I love Tuscan Raiders more than I ever have now. That is why Star Wars needs to keep going and why it's like, yeah. it, it just never gets old to me in the sense that like people call it fan service and like um, basically just saying that they're like reusing things from the old movies. I mean, it's like we're on the same planets in the same universe. Things are going to pop up, but like, it's just so cool to see the different angles of the of the galaxy like oh yeah they get so deep into like the minutia of like now we're into tuscan raider tribes now we they're right. not all just these these hand cloak wearing you know mm-hmm. uh 
same same immediate, like yeah, immediately violent no matter what like there's exactly. different ideologies and everything just like to any other either human uh race ethnicity or animal you know like they're all even though it's a monkey there's different monkeys and there's different you know yeah it's pretty cool and i think it makes it a lot more realistic in the sense that if there's tuscan raiders all over the entire planet there's going to be some different ideals going on yeah one thing i think is really interesting too is that like the way the tuscans talk mm-hmm. is very like I mean, it's super unique and like, mm-hmm. it's almost like off-putting in a certain way. I feel like, like, kind of like at first when I heard it in the Mandalorian, I was like, oh, that's like kind of like cringy a little bit. Like, mm-hmm. cause you only hear them go, you know? Like, yeah. I didn't realize that the, it's kind of almost like, I don't know what kind of music you like, but growing up, I was a big like metal fan mm-hmm. and like trying to learn how to scream and being like, like, and it was yeah. funny. Cause it kind of <laughs> sounds like they're trying to teach themselves like, you know how to do like a screamo band or whatever and i was at the same thing i thought okay so when they do this whole number that's just them like making a sound because they're you know excited or it's wartime or whatever but that's like their whole yeah you know vocalization like you know theory or whatever Mm -hmm. so it's it's really interesting i think um you know like contra like like we said earlier about the news always being negative and stuff i think that as a whole as a when you get to talk to people in person, I think that America today, and I obviously I can't speak for the whole world, but America today, I feel like we know or want to know more about every individual than we ever have before. Like we're more accepting of more every individual than we ever have been before. And um, whether that's like your culture or like your family, your just specific family history or things like that. And it's cool because, um, my, so on my, I guess it's my dad's side. Um, we have Choctaw native American in us and my brother lives in, in Oklahoma. So when I go to drive up to visit him, I go into the, the Choctaw nation. And it's kind of funny. Like I haven't grown up, like knowing any other, like people that, that have that blood in them. I don't know very many like tribe traditions or anything, but it's funny to be driving through and being like, okay, so this is like. I kind of am part of this and it's yeah. cool to, to get to dive into, like, I know we're on Tatooine again and I know it's Tuscan Raiders again, but at the same time, we're getting to know them. Like we've never known them before. Like yeah. it's, it's not the same thing over and over again, because it's a whole different conversation about them. Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, even the second, like the, when the chief and like the warrior Tuscan first come out in the first episode right away, I was like, Oh, these guys are different. Like they look different. Yeah. They seem they seem like they're acting a little bit differently. Like it's just really cool. I mean, like I said, Tuscan Raiders have been around forever. But the the fact that like now people are talking about Tuscan Raiders on Twitter, like that is yeah. I never would have thought if you told me it's even, crazy. Even after the Disney purchase, if you were to tell me, hey Joe, in in five years. Tuscan Raiders are going to be the talk of the town on every yeah. social platform. I'd be like, yeah, okay, yeah. you're again, you're joking around and you're messing with me. Cause you know, I'm a star Wars fan. Yeah. Um, okay. So basically our overall thoughts where we loved it. Uh, so I guess I would move along to, did you have a specific moment or a group of moments that stood out that you were like, Holy crap, that was cool. Um, definitely. I mean, honestly, the whole episode, dude, I, and the first episode too. I mean, I know we didn't, we didn't talk about that one, but I mean, there hasn't been too many 
moments of Star Wars in the past six years that I've been like, oh man, this is not good. I like, I just enjoy it all. And I think they're really doing a good job so far. But in terms of this episode, I think um, the ending with the the lizard, I really liked that. That was like some, that was probably one of the most unique uh, scenes in Star Wars. Like, I thought that was a really cool moment. It was almost like Tuscan, like peyote. Like, you know, people yeah. would go out <laughs> to the that's desert exactly and do like what peyote. I said when we were watching it. <laughs> uh, I was like, holy frick. But uh, it was cool because that. I don't know. I was talking to my friend uh, Christian and he said, I love how the message from the book of Boba Fett is get on the star Wars train or get off because we're not slowing down for anybody. (laughs) Cause it was like a freaking like a a lizard, like mind guide, like just all this crazy stuff where it's like, I feel, I feel like in a lot of media today, you only do surface level things because you want to gain fans And that's really cool for people who are just coming into knowing Star Wars or Marvel or DC or whatever. But for people who like, like me and you, we've been lifelong Star Wars fans. And I'm like, yeah, so there's a, you know, Jedi's and of course you got stormtroopers and things. And, but like some, like the stuff we're getting now, I'm like, dude, this is beyond my knowledge. This is beyond my, like in episode one, I guess if you look up the description, it's now called a behemoth, but they don't have a specific name for the thing at the end of episode one that, that he fights. And I remember thinking it's cool to see something on screen and not automatically go, Oh, cool. That's a such and such. I was like, dude, they're making up new things. They're making up like, do I need to go back into like the tales of the Jedi comics and look and see if there's something out there that's, that's going on. But dude, the, the lizard at the end was so weird. And like yeah. the whole acid trip that he goes on searching for the branch that becomes his gaffy stick. I thought that that was so strange, but I freaking loved it the whole time. Yeah. I was like, this is so weird, but yeah. it, was it was cool weird. that they're just embracing this, the strange and weird side of star Wars. Yeah, no, hundred percent. I think that's when it it's at its best and it's in a way because it, because that's what, that's what it was when it started out. Nobody yeah, wanted to pay for George and- to do it. Yeah, it was, it's different. It always brings something like unique to the table that is just something you've never seen before. I mean, that's kind of like how Star Wars has been ever since the conception, you know? And I mean, kind of just like we were saying about the Tuscans being trending on Twitter and whatnot. And and you're saying, um, you know, it's not just so surface level with Star Wars. I feel like when you watch Marvel movies, anybody could get it you can kind of jump right into any movie and enjoy it because it's like a fun uh action-packed film that they do kind of a good job rounding the story out with star wars it is tough because there's so much yeah around in the timeline there's different characters that have different uh like purposes and attitudes you can't really focus just on certain characters you have to pick and choose and boba fett is one that i thought was a little bit concerning in a sense because it's like a fan favorite character but Mm -hmm. i feel like other fans where they might know han solo boba fett is going to be a guy where they go oh that's the cool looking guy they don't know his backstory Mm -hmm. and attack of the clones people don't even realize that that's boba fett and like and 
they don't know that he's in the Clone Wars and they don't like, you know, right. they don't know like really what, what Boba Fett is unless you're like a super fan. So yeah, I was concerned kind of going into this show that it wouldn't appeal at all to like a general mm. audience and it would only appeal to Star Wars fans. But I think that's completely wrong. I think it's, I think it's catching some new fans. So that's really cool. I think it's catching new fans. And I think that it's, uh, it's weird because it's catching new fans, but it's also bringing about like, the Boba Fett that me and you have grown up knowing. Yeah. Like it's the thing that's cool to me is legends. Boba Fett will always be there. Like yeah. if I want to pick up a legacy of the force book or whatever, I can do that. Yep. But we're getting a whole different character now. And, and not like in a retcon kind of way. We're like, no, that's not Boba Fett in more of like a more humanized way, but almost like a more lovable character. Like, uh, it's weird because he's not as like hardcore and just like just killing everybody yeah. like left and right. But I find myself loving this guy more than the typical comic book guy that I was reading growing up. Right. Like I care about this character more, which makes me nervous yeah. for the future. But yeah. um, I would say a huge standout moment for me and uh, another Star Wars podcast I listened to is Blast Points. And they put they uh, they pointed this out on their Twitter or Instagram or something. But they were talking about. uh when he gets inducted into that Tuscan tribe and they're all around that campfire at the end and they're doing the freaking dance together, which was sick. Yeah. Uh, they were saying Boba Fett at the end of this episode of the book of Boba Fett has the family that he's been wanting since his dad died on Tatooine. Yeah. And it was like, he had his dad and him and Jango were obviously super close. That's why we keep having these flashbacks yeah. um, to Camino, bro. I'm going to piss my pants. If we see a, de-aged Timur Morrison as Django Fett in this season, bro. It's I feel like it's coming too, dog. Yeah. I feel like they're, it's they're coming. Not gonna get, they're not going to go that close with all the flashbacks and then not show him in the Django Fett suit, you know? Oh my gosh. I'm like just grinning from ear to ear just thinking about it, dude. I know. Uh, but it was cool because they were saying like the family that he's looked for ever since the death of his dad, it was he, like, imagine growing up and seeing a whole world of people that look exactly like you. They're literally identical to you, but you feel no relation to them. You go into a business that's like cutthroat. There's no friends. There's no like boss. He might be your friend, but he'll bite your head off. Like literally exactly. the drop of a hat. And now yeah. you've got these people that like you give respect, you get respect and they trust you with like, to me, the whole, the lizard and the, the spy stream and going out to that tree that's like the most intimate part of their culture. And now yeah. they're saying, Hey, we're going to teach you like how to make this weapon that nobody else has. We're going to teach you like all of these things. And now he's like, to me, to be inducted into Mandalorian culture is tough. You have yeah. to be adopted in, but I would almost say it's even tougher to be inducted into Tuscan culture yeah. because there's so much, there's so fewer of them. Um, in the grand scheme of things and their, their culture is so much more isolated. Yeah. And so that was really cool. Um, and then obviously there's multiple, multiple, uh, seeing Boba Fett make a ride of Bantha joke was freaking hilarious. Bantha. Like a yeah, Bantha. That was so good. So good. With Tamora uh, Morrison's huge smile, you know, he is such an endearing actor. He, I know. He, he has, he gives me that, I mean, it, it's because he played Django and the clones and he's been a part of Star Wars for the past 20 plus years, but just seeing him, is just like, it's so heartwarming. Like it's, yeah. it sounds cheesy, but like 
it sounds so it's it's so heartwarming to see him playing in star wars again and having mm-hmm. so much fun you can just tell he's having so much fun yeah and play, and it's so cool is that has there been anybody who played the father and the son like right it's a cool thing to be able to say that you played the dad and the son and it makes sense like completely. yeah like <laughs> and i think it's i think it's cool too because uh you can tell like I don't know. He has such like a great personality that he's that kind of guy that if you saw him at like a Comic-Con or something, you would feel like, oh, my gosh, like that's my friend. Like this is the guy I've been hanging out with, even though you never met the guy before. You know, Um, what do you think about uh, what do you think about Daniel Logan being in the show? Yeah, he's he's cool. cool. (laughs) Dude, it's so Uh, funny. I saw uh, the last review we did with another buddy of mine for Chapter One. I was saying it's so funny, like, because years and years he's been pitching, like, Daniel Logan as Boba Fett, get Daniel Logan back involved and stuff. And obviously, like, it it didn't make sense. He's He is kind of a smaller guy, and he's, you know, just doesn't look the part in the face, yeah. but he still can play, you know, young Boba. Anyways, long story short, it was funny because we were saying, uh, I said, I guarantee you at the next con that he gets invited to it's gonna say attack of the clones clone wars and book of boba fett i guarantee it and Even he posted he in, the, in the show yeah he, so he posted something that was like hey i'm gonna be at this convention and it did it had him and had a picture of him as boba fett young boba fett and it said attack of the clones clone wars in the book of boba fett so i thought that was pretty funny Hey man, people have made a, a living on being a cantina extra, you know, from oh, yeah. the original. So, I mean, you know, I, I, I've, you know, I've met Dan and we've talked and he's, he's a good guy. I definitely respect his attitude toward, towards the fans and everything. He's, is he, is he nice in person? Yeah. He's, he's a very nice guy. I mean, we, you know, we met at Star Wars celebration after hours. So, you know, it wasn't in that in uh, the fan setting so i you know saw a different side to to some people but Mm. um no he's he's very nice and i like i said i respect his like attitude towards the fans he's he's very like interactive and Mm. that's cool man i mean he's he's a part of star wars we'd all be we'd all be ecstatic too if i played uh you know boba fett when i was 10 years old i'd still be talking about it too so yeah i mean kidding um, dude yeah, you know, anybody I, that's the problem with people nowadays when there's hate or there's any sort of like uh it's all envy. It's all envy. It's all, oh, it's yeah. all envy, you know. People people were mad at about Jake Lloyd because they didn't get to be the kid in Star Wars, you know. Yeah, like, yeah. I feel bad for Jake because I feel like uh and I feel bad for Hayden too. You know, Hayden's obviously him and Ahmed Best have gotten kind of more love the last couple of years but i feel bad for guys like hayden because uh somebody like let's say they they ask me like how should i watch star wars and i'll tell them at this point just start with episode one because there's so much going on just watch it in chronological order um but people message me and be like man this guy's playing anakin and episode two kind of sucks and uh and i'll tell them it's not not that i get like defensive or anything but i'll tell them it's not really fair because if you ever listen to George who directed it, he's like, Oh yeah. Hayden's doing an amazing job. He's doing exactly what we've asked him to do. <laughs> so, like he, the way he wanted Anakin to be portrayed is what he was directing. And he said that Hayden did a killer job. Yes. Oh, well, and hear me out too. Like people, people are so surface level. We've been talking about that surface level. Like 
when you think about the way a Jedi would be acting towards a girl that he's been in love with for 10 years and now he's finally getting a chance to be around her and, and, touch he, and her, living a pretty, her, pretty freaking like, sheltered lifestyle. Yeah. Like, and her, she, on the other hand, is not really supposed to be in love with a Jedi and like doing the things that she's doing. They're trying to like sort of fight their feelings at the same time while mm-hmm. giving it to them. And it's like, it's going to be awkward in a sense. Yeah. These are like teenagers coming together that have never experienced like real relationships right. or love and yeah they're trying it, to like hide it you know i mean yeah it, it's like if you think that's awkward go watch a real life interview with the chicks from teen mom talk to their baby daddy yeah and it's like that's it's the same thing that, they're yeah. like maybe we'll get back together i don't know you know yeah. like it's it's that same awkwardness but i always thought that hayden did a great job and i always felt like even in real life he kind of got screwed by he wasn't the Anakin that people wanted him to be, but yeah. he was the Anakin that George Lucas directed him to be. And yeah. I don't know what else you want. Like he's not necessarily supposed to be the most endearing character either. Like he's supposed to know he's super powerful and he's being held back. Like, I don't know. You said you were talking about sports earlier. I played sports in high school. And if I was, if I knew I was good enough to be a starter on the basketball team and there was a guy that was supposed to be teaching me how to play and he wasn't even as good as me. I think I would have some of those same cringy, like he's holding me back. Like I would have that same yeah. moment. Cause I'd be yeah. like, I'm the star here. Like, why, why are you yeah. mad at me? Like you, I do. You, you just explained it perfectly. He was the Anakin that George wanted him to be not who the fans wanted him to be. Yeah. He's we're watching a good human being turn into the most hated vile man in the galaxy the most dark right. evil person in the galaxy we're seeing this little kid go into that and it, right I, I even noticed that from when i was a kid and watching the movies and thinking hayden had such a tough job trying yeah. to be this endearing character which i love i personally like him in attack of the clones and love him in revenge of the Sith. right but he's crossing over into the the dark side in a way that is sort of quick like he goes mm-hmm. there's certain events that happen where he just goes and all of a sudden he's he's darth vader in a sense in revenge of the sith you know but you see the with the sand people and his mom you see those leading up um events in his life but it's sort of a tough thing he just goes from anakin to darth vader and i yeah. mean he had to make that believable and i think he did dude i mean yeah. i've never had a problem with that because the thing is he's still a likable guy but you're still frustrated with his progress. Like what's he, the person he's becoming, Yeah. but this was before we thought, okay, a TV show would be better. Like I'm glad that we're getting Obi-Wan Kenobi as a TV show. Cause I'm going to get three times as much material. Right. So for me, asking this guy to be like, Hey, you have two movies to go from this innocent little kid to this child serial killer. <laughs> you got four hours to make that happen yeah and you're only going to be on screen for two of those hours you know what i mean like yeah it's a it's a tall task but yeah. um it was funny because i've never met all this started with daniel logan i've never met daniel but uh, he reached out to me a couple of years ago because i had tagged him or something in a boba fett post and he he wanted me to po- repost a video of him requesting to be boba fett again and i I was like, okay, sure. No problem. And I was just geeking out talking to Boba Fett on social media, you know? So I was like, oh, sick. I'm texting Boba Fett right now. No big deal. And I was like, it'd be cool if you reposted me as well after I'd already posted his. 
and I never heard back from them. And I was like, dang, okay. But, um, okay. So a standout moment that kind of transitions us into the next uh, little segment is standout characters, new characters. Um, the, obviously to me, the coolest, newest character to be on screen, not new in the sense of star Wars, but the first live action treatment we get is the, the Wookiee black Kersantan. Um, what was your thought? Are you, so obviously you post a ton of stuff, about all different star Wars media. So I assume you're pretty well read on the comics and stuff. So what were your thoughts whenever you saw him? Oh, dude. I mean, right away. I was like, yes, let's go. I need to see this guy in action. You know, like I, uh, that was, that was the first thing I told my girlfriend about because I had stayed up and watched it, uh, the, the night of, you know, when it dropped and then Mm -hmm. I woke up morning and i was all excited and you know she's not a crazy star wars fan or nothing but i was like babe there's a there's a wookie and like he's all like mean and staring at both and everything <laughs> and i was like doing the impression and everything and she's like what are you talking about <laughs> and then we go and then we go and watch it again and when he pops up on screen she's like oh i get it now he's really cool <laughs> dude it was crazy because when uh so i i know that you're kind of newer to the podcast side of things as you know me more from the other page but uh i did 30 days of boba fett leading up until the release and uh one of the things i did was five of the most powerful allies he's ever had and by ally i mean he's not really have allies because he's boba fett but even co-workers and black chrysanthemum was one of them Mm -hmm. and i was thinking dude if there's one character that i get to pick gets to be on screen it's bosk but if i get to pick two it would be bosk and black chrysanthemum and when the huts are first coming around that corner behind their litter, I saw like a, a black, like blur. And I was like, yeah. hang on a freaking second. And then the moment where they're talking to him and then you, the camera starts from behind him. I was like, holy frick, that's him. They're really doing it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I want to see him more. I want to see him in better comparison to another person on screen. Cause all of the angles were kind of like, you're directly behind him. And these people are five feet over here. But yeah. I want to see how big he's really going to be. Cause he's supposed to be at least as tall, if not taller than Chewie, but twice as broad. You know what I mean? Yeah. He seemed, he seemed somewhat short, actually. I thought he looked shorter right. than he should have been. Yeah. Because in the comics, he's massive. Like he's yeah. like, almost like, he seems like almost like double the size of a regular human being. Like Right. Well, especially yeah. there's, there's some of those comics in between episodes three and four where he fights Obi-Wan. Mm-hmm. And yeah. part of it is the angle of how it's drawn from like beneath and behind Down. Obi-Wan. Yeah. But still, Obi-Wan is looking up at him and it's like he's at his waist almost. Right. And uh, so he did look short to me. I hope that he's because he's at least as tall as Chewbacca and Chewbacca yeah. always looks massive. Yeah. So one I thought that was I, interesting. Yeah. One thing I noticed, too, is that he didn't have like his scar on his eye. And like, yeah, he should have a big scar up above his, his left eye, I think. Yeah. And I was like looking and I was trying to like zoom in on the pictures and stuff. And I was like, is it like underneath the hair? Because that's like such a like prominent feature. Mm-hmm. Um. And it like makes them look really cool as well. So I would have thought that they would have included that in like the detail. And then I thought as well, what if it's not him and it's we're all just assuming that it's him and it's just, just some rando shoulder pad, you know? <laughs> right, like one little outfit, and we're like, we know that is. Yeah, yeah. No, it, it was it was interesting because uh, he's supposed to have. Uh, I one thing that stood out that I was like, oh, that that has to be him. Is one, it's a giant black aggressive Wookiee, like you know a. Uh, uh, 
a dishonorable Wookiee, as it were. Yeah. But he also has the cool uh, brass knuckles that are like, I guess in the comics, they're like sewn into his bones or whatever, like they're permanent. Uh, And so I thought that was cool that they were still there. And uh, man, I thought it was just so heartless and cold blooded, but typical Fett to be like, I don't give a crap who you brought to the fight. Yeah. You know, I said what I said. And uh, I wonder if we're going to get to see Boba Fett versus Black Kersantan or if it's kind of like. You know what I mean? He could be a faraway threat for a little bit because they end up leaving again, you know? Right, right. And and I, I feel like they wouldn't bring him around just to have him stand there. You know, I feel like yeah. there's some we've got to see him in action confrontation. But then I also feel like, you know, I really don't want it to get into that cameo sort of like, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, every episode now we get a new bounty hunter from Boba's past, you know, like I really don't want that. It would be awesome to see Bosk. And I think if I was going to bet on any of them from the original trilogy, it would be Bosk that um, yeah. would be in this one. Um, but I feel like if they're bringing him around, it's his introduction. Like he's going to be involved in the story. Yeah. And the huts, the huts have to be involved as well. So I think um, we're, we're definitely going to see him again. So I'm, I'm excited. I need to see him in action, see him like, yeah. Dudes up, you know, I'm interested to see like, um, you know, by the time that, you know, Peter Mayhew rest in peace by the time that he was kind of helping get stuff ready for the force awakens. And then they brought in, you know, you, I think his name's Eunice is the, Eunice, the, yeah. uh, the new guy. Fantastic um, guy. Great guy. And Such he's, a guy. uh, he's yeah. also a retired basketball player from overseas. Yeah. So I really hope whoever they, if it's not the same, I, I don't think it's gonna be the same guy. Cause his eyes look different. Of course you can wear contacts, but whoever they get, I hope it is someone that's athletic because I want to see, I want it to feel natural when he moves. If we do get to see some cool fight scenes and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, what did you think about the huts, the twins being brought in? I thought they were really, really cool. They, looked, was, uh, they looked, looked amazing. I thought they looked amazing. Like, honestly, I, like there's certain things that you kind of worry about, like if it's going to look right. And right. Huts were definitely like, sometimes when they pop up in the clone wars and stuff, even though it's a cartoon, I'm like, Oh man, the huts just look weird in certain like yeah lightings and situations where they're like walking around or something. You're just not used to seeing that. You're used to seeing Jabba just sit there, you know. Mm-hmm. But they looked really good. I liked how uh, uh, they didn't give them names, right? It was just they're the just twins. twins, yeah. yeah. The the boy one, he's like wiping his face with a little creature, with like a, like a rabbit or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I thought that was that cool. was like I mean so like so hot you know like yeah he has a he has a giant goblet that he keeps this like oversized rat in to wipe his sweat i thought that was hilarious yeah um and then i guess okay so second to last thing what would you rate it out of 10 if i would if episode one was probably an eight for me Mm -hmm. this one was a 10 yeah i think the same I, i gave episode one a seven and a half yeah. And now I feel bad because episode one played so well into episode two. Yeah. But dude, this one's a 10 out of 10 for me. I was, I think I was texting you and I was saying, um, there were a few episodes of Mandalorian that really stood out other than the finale and specifically yeah. that one scene in the finale of the Mandalorian from last year that really stood out to me from start to finish. This was probably one of the best episodes of star Wars, especially TV that yeah. I've seen in a really long time. I think it's one of the most like important and expansive and like 
the the Mandalorian sort of it like feels small in a sense like I don't know mm-hmm. what about it like you feel like you're just following Mando and Grogu and like you don't get as big of a view of the galaxy I feel like but they do they're doing yeah. such a good job of like because there's different points in the story like making it feel like it's this like new galaxy and like explaining new things like we've been talking about and I, I just think it was so I mean I, I agree I think it was one of the better hours of Star Wars honestly since uh the force awakens like yeah it was really really good and like i think a testament to that is um like i said my girlfriend's not she's probably tired of hearing about star wars at this point right right (laughs) but she all of a sudden she's saying boba fett's her favorite character like oh let's go so he's so endearing and that episode she she watched the first episode and he really shines that was good. That was good, you know. But the second episode, she was like raving about Boba Fett and how awesome he was, and like again appealing to a more general audience rather than a super fan. That made me go, "Oh wow, this is actually like this is clicking for everybody, not just yeah." Me, you know? So like this, like the beginning, like what do I like about Star Wars? Maybe I'll try Star Wars because it's big right now. Yeah. Those people got Star Wars, and. It's cool because you have a character like Black Kersantan and you see him and you go, oh, that's like a Chewbacca, but a mean Chewbacca. Yeah. And then you have the Hutt, and you're like, oh, that must be kind of like Jabba the Hutt. Yeah. And it's like, yes. But then for like the hardcore fans, you're like, I cannot believe we just got Black Kersantan on screen. Yeah. Uh, and I thought that something that I was thinking about that I totally had forgotten uh, in a standout moment was we found out that Tatooine was a water planet at one point, or at least had expansive oceans. Yeah. I'm like, dude, that's more than we've ever known about the history of Tatooine or the history of the Tuscans. And maybe they're like a more naturally aquatic species, which is why they have to have all this crazy, you know, this head to toe covering on and stuff like that. It was just so cool. And he said, uh, it was cool that the chieftain said other tribes resort to violence, but that's never really been our thing. Yeah. Um, oh my gosh, it was just cool. My uh <laughs> it's kind of the same thing you're saying with your girlfriend's probably sick of Star Wars. I'm just constantly making Star Wars references to my wife. And uh I got out of bed last night to get something out of the fridge, or I don't know, something like I was feeling snacky last night, and she was like, What are you doing? And I was like, I'm going to stop the train. <laughs> <laughs> and she was like, Shut up, and I just walked out of the room, but just dude, I never thought, I never thought that I could love Boba Fett more than I did going into this show, but I do. I freaking love him. And I'm so excited. Um, So if you had to guess, not just in the next episode, but where do you think this is going? What is your, what is your guesstimation um, for, for what we're going to see next or something, even if you don't think it's likely, what's something you want to see as well? Two words, Crimson Dawn. Oh, snap. Let's go. Yeah, I think think so, dude. I think that's where they're heading. And and I mean, that's something that's going to connect the comics. Like they've been leaning into the comics with this series, which is really, really cool because the comics sort of operate in their own like universe a little bit, like characters that are created in the comics sort of stay in the comics. Right. And you don't get to see that. So we know that there's, you know, a connection to Solo and with Crimson Dawn and everything like that. And people liked Solo. Um, I thought at the time, so I guess Force Awakens had come out, then Rogue One, then Episode Eight, then Solo. Yep. When Solo came out, I 
left the theater thinking that felt like I went and saw Star Wars more than anything had come out under Disney. Yeah. It was neck and neck with The Force Awakens for me personally. And I loved it. And yeah. I'm one of those guys that every year, whatever freaking date it is, I'm like, make Solo 2 happen. Like, and, <laughs> but, but for me, I would love it more if it was Solo 2, a Disney Plus series, because there's yes. so much you can do with that. Yes. yes. So do you think, okay, so if Crimson Dawn's in the loop, I mean, holy frick, dude, there's like, there's a, there's Ochia Bestoon. There's like, you know, all these things that could be happening. Yeah. Um, I, and I do not think it is coincidence. They had all of this War of the Bounty Hunter stuff going on before Book of Boba Fett came out. No, absolutely not. And I mean, they don't, they don't do anything for no reason. Right. I mean, no, I would it, say that, of course, I would love to see George come back and direct a movie. Like it's everyone's dream, right? We all keep like, you know, clamoring for it. But I will say I love the cohesiveness of the story that is Star Wars right now. Yeah. And like the High Republic is another example. Like we just got our third novel and I don't know how much you're keeping up with High Republic, but um, we're starting. I'm, I'm starting the third novel, The Fallen Star right now. Mm-hmm. And you have like three different comic lines that are all in that same vein and just all of these things that but they all fit. Like there's, and you have like seven different authors. I don't know how they're doing this, but they have seven different authors that are like, okay, I'll tell this story and I'll introduce this character. And then in this person's next book, they're going to pick up their main character, but integrate the character I created from the previous book. And I just think it's, I, I say this all the time and I get two sides of the coin from it, but I've said multiple times on the show, we're living in peak star Wars right now because we we've not that not that anything that's come out is going to be better than the original trilogy and how that felt and all that stuff. Yeah. But what I'm saying is we already have the original trilogy we can watch. But the original trilogy people, if you lived in 1980, you get didn't get to see the Tuscans do a train robbery. Yeah. The I I I as a lifelong Star Wars fan, and maybe we're the negative people that we're talking about a lot online aren't those people like us that have been Star Wars fans their whole life and maybe they are a little bit more casual but they still think they want to be part of the conversation I don't see how you can see it any other way than this is like it has never been more fun this is the golden age for to be a Star Wars fan and to have fun almost on a weekly basis getting something new right it's never ever been like that, and no, as a, like as a lifelong you, Star Wars fan, you will appreciate that. Yeah, no like how oh, good the content is. Do you like video games? We got killer video games coming out. Do you like comic books? We have we have how many lines do you want? You want you want a dozen great comic book lines? Hey, what if I made a, a dozen great comic book lines all be a part of the same story wrapped around the bounty hunters? Okay, what about yeah. that? You like movies? We got movies for you. You like shows? Here's an hour of Boba Fett riding motorcycles with the Tuscan Raiders. Like anything you want, like you like Lego, we got Lego. You like figures, what size do you want? Three and three quarter inch or six inch? You want you want statuettes? What do you want, bro? Like yeah. everything you could like about Star Wars. You want a freaking theme park? We'll open up two of them on yeah. both sides of the country. Like it's just freaking. I think See, it's fantastic. Now, now people are spoiled. That's that's the problem. You just listed so much stuff, and people just take everything for granted now. I mean, yeah, I agree. Like, even even myself, I feel like sometimes back in the day when the force awakens was coming out and even for the next few years every time a trailer would come out i'd be pooping my pants like <laughs> shaking in my boots so excited to watch it for the first time now i'm like just give me my star wars give me my star yeah, wars yeah, yeah. Like, i'm like greedy with it a little bit and just like 
it's awesome to be able to be greedy with Star Wars, like honestly, yeah. because for so long we've been like deprived in a, a certain way, you know. Yeah. Like we've had, we've we've had a, a a cartoon to live with for the past like fifteen years almost. So right, right. We've needed more Star Wars, and I mean, dude, I've appreciated it. Not everything has been a one, and and you know, top tier. You know, there's been moments, scenes episodes that have not been great but the idea that every single day now i wake up and i think about star wars and i get to like talk to people about star wars and see something new it's honestly i never ever would have guessed it when i was 13 years old you know like i thought star wars was done like yeah i would it's crazy to me because it's it's like uh okay i remember hearing about thrawn when i was a younger kid and i was like okay, cool. He looks like a blue guy. It's neat. And then, but when the 20th anniversary of air of the empire came out, I was in Barnes and Noble and I was like, dang, that silver book looks kind of sick. And I picked it up and I didn't read it for like 10 years. I was so nervous. Cause I was like, man, I don't know. I don't want to, I don't, it, I was almost intimidated by this is supposed to be the, one of the best star Wars books ever. <laughs> then I read it, loved it. And I was like, wow, that sucks. This character's gone now. And then boom, he's back in rebels. And we've gotten six more books since then. It just feels like we're living in the golden age and he a hundred percent is going to be in live action. Um, We would be talking for a whole nother hour. If I told you all the things I need out of Thrawn in live action, but um, I would say, I can't wait to see. I agree. Crimson Dawn has to have a role. I want to see what that role is. Um, And then something I personally want to see is I want to see the ultimate hunter and Bosk versus the most dangerous prey in black chrysanthemum in a head-to-head yeah that would be that would be really cool that would be i I really want to see bosk man i mean again another one of those things that bosk has been in the star wars universe for 40 years and we've never seen him in another capacity other in live action other than the original trilogy few seconds that he's in in he had had scary toes for five seconds and that's all we got and (laughs) He, he was absolutely one of the best uh, villains to play in Battlefront 2. Oh, 100%. And he just needs to be in live action. Like, we need to see that. And, and they're, I'm, they're building... I'm interested to see if, like, if they do bring him back. I, I, I think that they will. If they do, I hope that he's, like, like you were saying, like, there's different species of different animals all over the earth and different races, yeah. even, you know, different types of people within the human race and things. And I hope that... For I hope that the Trandoshans we've been seeing are the average five eight white dude in myself, yeah. and I hope that when Bosk shows up, he's the six eight athletic guy in LeBron James, like that shows up and is like I I don't feel like the Trandoshans we've seen on screen right now have looked quite like Bosk, and yeah. I I don't know if it's because their eyes seem to be circular versus like like more snaky. I don't know what it is. But they don't, they don't look like Bosk. They, I hope that they're like a subspecies that's like kind of a weenie species of Trandoshans, yeah. and he comes in and is like, Well, we know that they're more hardcore looking. Yeah, there's definitely different um, species. The ones that we saw in Mandalorian in the first season, they were like more like brownish rather than right. like yellow, you know? Yeah. So there's definitely different ones. I, I, I agree though. Bosk has to come in and look really cool. Like he's got a, the way that we felt about black Kersantan. I need black Kersantan to feel that way when Bosk shows up. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Um, but that would be sick. But 
uh dope dude well man this has been a blast thank you so much yeah. for coming on the show um this is something that uh you know me and my brother and our our buddy adam started the podcast a while ago and um we've wanted to have more guests on and so having people that really love star wars and have a voice in the community has always been something that we've been looking forward to so dude thank you so so much if you enjoyed this uh please follow uh my dude brody on instagram at officially star wars we'll put a we'll put a little link in the description section on youtube um and check out his podcast he's got a handful of episodes but hopefully tonight gets the juices flowing and and uh, you get back on the grind that'd be cool um, but if you enjoyed this, man, please like this video, subscribe to our channel and follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Thank you guys for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed this review and may the force be with you. See you guys. Thank you.